This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D and Will Knox. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. And now, Mr. Restaurant, Will Knox. Again, this is Will Knox, aka Mr. Restaurant, and today we're visiting the Duchess in Ojai. Let's go take a look. This restaurant was originally built as Bill Baker's Bakery in 1923, and hence the name The Duchess, which was derived from Bill Baker's original oven, which we'll see later, called The Duchess. So this restaurant is more of an homage, a, a, a kind of a, what should I say? They're, they're, they're honoring Bill Baker and the history in Ojai of the original bakery called The Duchess. Right there. So here we go. Let's go see Josh and Zoe. Zoe Nathan, thank you for being my guest on Mr. Restaurant on the Jeremiah Show. Who is Zoe Nathan? What? Oh God, that's hard. Who is Zoe? How did you get into this business? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, I've been in this business since I was 17 years old. This is the only job I've ever had. Why? Uh, because I like making food better than talking to people, I think. Um, but food has always been like the way I communicate. outgoing to me. I mean, you, you, you feel very outgoing to me. Are you really shy? Uh, I know, I think for me, uh, just the way that I could communicate is always I've always been like really comfortable in that. Um, and so that's, I've always cooked, you know what I mean? Since I was, you know, 17, I've been in the kitchen. Did your parents cooking. influence you? My parents were great cooks. They loved cooking. Um, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember my parents moved us from the Hollywood Hills, Santa Monica, just for the farmer's market. My mom was obsessed with it. Um, and yeah, food is always been Did she cook with a cookbook and was really regimented that way? My mom cooks with a cookbook and is very regimented. My dad doesn't. But both of them are really good cooks. And yeah, food was just always a way of kind of communicating and being together. And it set a pace. And it was important, but not that important. You know what I mean? Like there was always humor around it. Fun. Is it a sensual thing for you to be around food? Uh, for me, food, I mean, I started as a baker. Oh, well, no, I was a cook for a couple of years. And butcher, and then, Where did you cook first? Uh, I started in New York. Um, I worked at the Spicy Club. Wait, wait, wait a second. So you left L.A. at 17? Yeah, I tried to go. I, I left L.A. I tried to go to college. Didn't work out. And then I went to cooking school in New York um, when I was 17. And then, but it was like one of those, you know, um, like a five-month program. You know, it was like summer camp. It was so fun. At Lupa? 
Um, no, no, I went to cooking school in New York. Oh, cooking school in New York. Okay. Yeah, and then my first job, because I wanted to be a butcher, was at Lupa, helping them do that. Because mm-hmm. uh, they had like, this really cool butchering program. And um, and then slowly I moved into the kitchen and garmage, and then I moved back to L.A. And I kind of popped around from restaurant to restaurant. I kept learning and then ended up in San Francisco. Um, and then there's where I fell in love with baking. I'm from San Francisco. You are? Born and raised in that's awesome. I'm fourth generation. <laughs> I'm very, very lucky to have been exposed to restaurants at an early age. Yeah, it was my a fun favorite place restaurant to was this little back alley restaurant called Trader Vic's. Yeah, that you went to. It was really fabulous. So, where were you in San Francisco? The Mission. In um, what kind of a spot? We, um, I moved there to work at Jardinier. Okay. Um, but it was not a good uh, personality fit for me. Um, it was a time when like men, it was long before me too, let's say that. Um, and were you friendly with Tracy? Uh, she wasn't around there she was when not. I was there. You know what I mean? I think that, um, and so it was just like, a, it was a man's world and it wasn't cute or funny to me anymore. And so I, I liked the idea of being with women and I used to walk by Tartine all the time. It was kind of like a bunch of girls who looked like me. They were like covered in tattoos and they were tough and they were strong. And, and Tartine was the, in, in the mission. Yeah, Tartine right. was like three blocks down. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll work here for the day and then I'll have like my real cook's job at night because that's the real job. And then I started working there and I don't know, I fell in love. I fell in love with people. I fell in love with the way it made me feel. I just loved it. I loved the mornings. I loved everything. It was like all of a sudden everything clicked for me and I felt like, oh, like I belong and it made sense. And then from that point forward, baking was one of the things that like kind of propelled me forward. And then I fell into being a pastry chef by chance for Josh. Um, Josh is your husband now? And Josh at the time was? Well, he had just opened Rustic Canyon. Ah. Um, and so I went to be his pastry chef. Rustic Canyon in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. So now we're back in Santa Monica from San Francisco. Yeah. We went, Got it. Yeah. We, I moved around. I mean, I was in my 20s, so we moved around. But, um, I but yeah. I mean, nothing I, less. Yeah, totally. And then, but yeah, I ended up back in LA and, and I worked for him and we fell in love. And then we've just been opening restaurants ever since. How many restaurants do you have? We have, um, okay, uh, we have Casilla, Esther's, Tallulah's, uh, Milo and Olive, um, Birdie G's, and The Duchess, and what am I forgetting? Let's see. Tell well, you have Sweet Rose Creamery. We have Sweet Rose. Huckleberry. 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 <laughs> and so, yeah, that's it. So nine restaurants, and The Duchess is your tenth. No, I no, think. Eight, no, eight restaurants. Eight restaurants, two yes. creameries? Yes. Two creameries. Okay. How did the idea for an ice cream shop come in? That was Josh's baby. Um, I had just opened Huckleberry, and this girl, Shiho, who her and I had um, baked together at Tartine for years, and she came down to help me kind of set up the bread program, and I could run the restaurant because it was impossible to do both at the same time, and she was obsessed with being ice cream also, and her and Josh kind of like hatched the plan to open Sweet Rose, um, and I... And at really, the time, there was no artisanal ice cream whatsoever well, not that the I knew of. There was, no. yeah, it's like other yeah and so yeah that was that was their meeting yeah i stayed at huckberry and just put my head down at work 
you know what I mean? And so, you know, Josh was kind of, Josh has always been like the big dreamer, you know, at that, at that phase of our life. He was we expect to meet Josh a little later on today. Yeah, he's around. He's around, but he's a business guy. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he's more than a business guy. He is, I always say he's like a puppeteer. Like he, he has ideas, but he also gets people, he, he can get the best out of people. He can put like teams really together. Way. Yeah, and he gets the best out of people and he loves, he loves what he does. He's really, really good at what he does. But really he's not does. on the food side as much as you are. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so you drive the food. You're a married you're a couple. You've got kids. You named your restaurants uh, after your kids. Yeah, they all have names. Parts of restaurants, you know. But um, but yeah, my my youngest son has like a bar within Tallulah's, within his sister's restaurant. That's the Felix Bar. Yeah. The Felix Bar of Tallulah's. Yeah. Tallulah's is a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Talk talk about the concepts a little bit. So well, the very so, first concept um, was rustic can. Yeah. So so um, my husband's least favorite word is concept. Um, uh, Why? Well, because it sounds like like separate from you, separate from your heart, separate from like what you're actually making. Like nobody's like, oh, I'm like no artist is like the concept of you know what I mean. You just make stuff, you know. So. Like the first place was Rusty King, and so that was that came from his heart. He started um, with these really funny meals that he used to do out of his parents' house in Rusty Canyon. That's how the name and, was derived. Yeah, he grew up in Rusty Canyon, yeah. LA. But he also started doing these kind of underground dinners, kind of before that was really fun. And um, he, so that was kind of that came from that where he wanted he wanted this restaurant. Everybody told me he couldn't do it. Like it, it, took, it took him years to raise the money for that restaurant like for us to open a restaurant now it probably takes us two weeks to raise money you know what i mean like it's a different well, you're a little more world. seasoned excuse yeah, the expression people can trust us you right. know and, and the way that we you know broker deals people but the idea for russet canyon was simply to do not farm to table specifically yeah farm or? table but wine bar he's always like he loves wine to say the least and um but yeah, so that was, you know, his and then Huckleberry came next. And for me, I had gone from working in these big bakeries to being a pastry chef. And it was just kind of like not that exciting for me. I like, I mean, everyone here makes fun of me. I like making large amount of things really quickly. Like it makes me really happy. Large amount of things. Why? Like I like to make 75 sandwiches all in one. Like it just, it's just like I get off on Knock it. Knock it out. I love it. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and so that's what I wanted to do. And so that's where Huckleberry came from. I wanted a place where I could, where we could make everything, where we made like the bread to the meat on the bread. You know what I mean? Like everybody, you know, you go to a sandwich shop, it's like, okay, we're buying the bread, we're buying the meat. Like I wanted something where we could make every single thing. Um, but it was an instant hit. Huckleberry was really from, and I lived in yeah, LA Huckleberry, for a long definitely. time, and people were talking about it from the day it opened. Yeah, it was like the go craziest fights I've ever had with Josh in my entire life. And there fights like, at the parking lot. Remember the fights at the parking lot? Oh, lots? yeah, yeah. It was just like, it was so crazy. Like, and he would just keep taking orders. And I was like, we can't handle it. Like, we, I was like, we're closing the kitchen. He'd be screaming at me. I'd be screaming at him. But we, we actually got married like a month before we opened Huckleberry. Um, How'd you come up with the name? I think we thought we would name one of our kids Huckleberry, but then it became its own kind of thing. So we would never, yeah, we would never name a kid Huckleberry now. But um, but yeah, so then there was Huckleberry, and then he went and opened Sweet Rose, 
and then the next. So wait one, a second. So you're you're kind of on the Huckleberry track, and he's saying, "Well, I think we can continue to build a portfolio of restaurants." Yeah. So he, when we thinking? got together, my thing was I wanted one restaurant, and he wanted like ten. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Great, you do you." This is I wanted one space where I went to every single morning, and this was like my place. I always wanted like a shop for people who were to find me. And so uh, he went and did Sweet Rose for Shiho, and that was great. And they did such a good job. And that was in the Brent, Brentwood Country Market? Yeah, right? it was really fun and so good. They did such a good job. Um, and then, and it was like that same thing. Like we wanted to have ice cream that had no fillers and no chemicals. And our whole thing was always like, if we're going to eat it, like I'm feeding it to my parents, I'm going to feed it to my kids. Like, you know, what would we eat? It was so, it was like, we never cut corners. Um, you know, almost to the detriment. It's, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to make money. You know what I mean? When you're not cutting corners. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when we changed all of our stuff over to like completely organic in the beginning and like we were trying to get like all farmers market all everything would be like so crazy about it it was like there were so many things that we just couldn't get like getting the bacon that we wanted we just couldn't get it in bulk getting the eggs that we wanted you know what i mean getting the milk like we were we were, we were the first people to bring clover in. like there was all these things that until we had enough buying power we started bringing things in i just remember like talking to our rep I'm like no what is like this restaurant this restaurant like these fancy restaurants you know, and she was like, oh, they just use shitty milk. You know what I mean? Like, they just, you know, like, I'm like, what kind of sugar do they use? They're like, just white ash. And so, um, well, Starbucks proved that you could actually pay more for a better quality cup of coffee. And you're obviously on that track of totally, we don't Starbucks compromise was, like, at all. No, you don't Starbucks. compromise. You could totally change the game on milk. Like, like think about it. Like, think about like us just even opening multiple restaurants. Like, we started to realize, like, oh, we could actually change things. We can actually be a part of something that's cool and good. And and it's so fun. Like the flour we're bringing in. Like all this stuff. We finally had buying power. And then, um, and then when we opened Milo and Olive. That really changed it for us and like because then we were starting to go through a lot of flour and like a lot of milk and a lot of eggs and you think of milo and olive milo being named for your son yeah right there's no olive in your no. clan but milo and olive being more of a pizza driven restaurant or well, Milo came because yeah, What's Milo came because I don't want to use the word concept we, here. No, no, no. Milo came because What's we out we outgrew ourselves on bread at Huckleberry, and we couldn't keep up. And so they had a bakery in the back of Milo and Olive that they used to produce all the rolls for the airports. Oh, and so it was this like crazy revolving oven. And so we were like, we want that. And then we had a whole front of the restaurant. We're like, what do we do? And so we decided that we make bagels and pizza, and. Um, and we, I was pregnant, uh, of course. And I feel like during this time, I feel like I was always pregnant. Always pregnant. And so I was pregnant. And You're not pregnant we just, No, no, no. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I was pregnant and then. Um, you just hatched the Duchess recently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm birthed, I'm birthed in Africa. Right. But, um, and we, so basically we opened Milo and my, my oldest was maybe eight months or something. And that was like the craziest schedule I've ever had. But, and that was a really big success right away at first, um, which was really So fun. you have to be really settled in your relationship, you know, in the restaurant business to begin with. And here you and Josh are running 
what's now become a bit of a, I don't want to say empire, but you've got a great portfolio of restaurants. So you have to have a pretty stable relationship not to kill each other every night. Yeah, I mean, we both like making things. We're really nice to each other. You know what I mean? Like, that's always been, like, we're really, really nice to each other, and we both like making stuff. And we both know that we can be kind of, we're allowed to go and make stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's it's like anything. Well, I would say one thing. It's a consumer, okay, and, and really dedicated consumer of your product and your experience. It shows because it starts with you. You and Josh set the tone. And you hire great people because every time I'm sat in the restaurant, whether it's Huckleberry, which is more quick service, or yeah, now really the nice Duchess, people. which is just a wonderful sit-down experience. I've been to all your restaurants. Everybody is really not just trained, but has the kindness. And that factor is really starting, yeah. I guess, with you guys. You, you pride yourself on that. Well, yeah. I mean, we pride ourselves on treating people kindly. You know what I mean? And, like, making sure they have insurance, making sure that they get paid a livable wage, and also make sure that they're, like, respected. Like, I think for me, when I was coming up in the industry, like, it was drilled into your head that you were replaceable. And, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that just... I don't know what in my brain I just never want people to feel that way. I don't like that. I didn't like how that felt for me. I don't, you know what I mean? And I think well, that, it's karma. Yeah, totally. Right. But it's like I, I love, you know, you probably have over four hundred employees, you know, and like it's there it's there's some really lovely, lovely, awesome people. Like we just feel so lucky. There's people who have been with us for so long. It's crazy. They're loyal. Yeah, I mean we've seen so many marriages and babies and you know what I mean? It's been pretty cool. Well so Really, what drove you into the Ojai world? Here you were in L.A. And and actually, we'll get into this in a little bit more after this break. So we're going to break and come back with Zoe Nathan at the Duchess. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on the Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play the Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. 
I am Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. live with Zoe Nathan, the wonderful Zoe Nathan, who's got wonderful restaurants, and specifically, we're here at the Duchess in Ojai. What drove you to Ojai from L.A.? You've been in Ojai oh, your whole life. Oh, come here. Who, who are we talking? Oh! Here comes, oh, there's, I wanted to say goodbye. Here comes Josh. Now, this is Zoe's other half, not better half, just no, other half. For sure, worse half. You know, this is... We have five women's Josh Lowe, and, and we're just chit chatting, <laughs> and we're talking about what drove you guys up to Ojai. She did. Oh, what drove us up to Ojai really fast? Uh, we wanted to grow food, um, and so we were looking for land. We, we tried, we you know looked at Malibu, we, we kind of just kept going up the coast, um, and we wanted to grow food. We wanted did you to know Ojai? We hadn't spent very much time in Ojai. Um, and we fell in love with this piece, this property, basically. Um, this property being? It's like three and a half acres in Ojai. It's a farm? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we wanted to grow food and we wanted to plant trees and we wanted to get our kids out of LA. And it's funny, we got the keys to our place like a week before the pandemic. And so, um, so it kind of pushed us to come up here pretty fast. and. We love it up here. Well, it's incredibly bold. I mean, you you move from everything you knew, and you grew up in LA, yeah, Russet Canyon, and said, we're done. And yet you still had your restaurant We, we had group. planned on it for a while, though. We had, we had planned for a few years leading up to it. We had said we wanted to live somewhere else. We were moving to Portland. We had a house in Portland. We were moving to Portland, and then yeah. we wanted land, and we wanted- And you've got three kids at this point, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And it was a little bit, I think it was too big, too big a move at that point to go somewhere where we couldn't drive back on and short notice. Um, so Ojai made sense on a lot of levels. And then she really fell in love with wanting to farm and um, grow stuff. And so it just made sense. Did you feel you could maintain the company by being here as well as go back and forth more easily? Yeah, if I was in Portland, I got to get on a plane. Yes, but also that's the last couple of years leading up to it was all setting up the company so that it didn't be you. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, so building our executive team, like solidifying the, the roles of the chef partners, and so it was it was set up for that anyway. And it was interesting. It's because we moved here right when COVID started. We were doing all of our meetings remotely at that point. That's when everything was takeout. So it was a nice natural transition if I could be on those meetings uh, and still be up here. But I, I'm kind of a believer that like, if you're to set something up successfully, set, set it up where you don't need to be there. So that's the best sign of, of how well it's Do you could delegate to the right people yeah. and then they can yeah. report to you. And, and they can even do a better job, honestly, a lot of times than you would do if you were in charge of those things, so. Well, you're not a head baker. 
but you know who to you know who to go to. For Certainly, that. Not. he's not, he's also not like a floor manager or like. A <laughs> what do you consider your strength? Uh, my best strength is probably um, finding really good people. Um, I think I have like a good restaurant intuition of like what works and what doesn't work. I think I can put on my customer hat in like a very objective way and see those things clearly and then try to really commit that we're working with. You know, I think every, people come at it from all different angles. Sometimes the chef comes at it from like, this is an expression of my art which totally made sense, but also has to land in a certain way. Commercially viable. Yeah, so, I, so, I, so I understand like where the chefs come from, I understand where the customers come from, I understand sort of just the general, and we, we both, we, we don't, that's why we don't open places in cities we don't know, we don't, you know, just try to expand. We like to open places that are reaching out to people that we are going to see on a regular basis. You feel like that, that sort of interest. Yeah, like people have asked us a lot to open like a I, I would place, think you've been asked a lot over yeah. the years. Yeah, right? that'd be horrible. Right? Okay. I, I just don't even understand like why. So now you have this farm and you've got these three kids and you say to yourself, let's open up the restaurant or you knew you wanted to open up the restaurant specifically. Josh. What came first? So, so um, Josh just didn't want to open the restaurant. So Josh has kind of moved on from the restaurant. Uh, Business. Restaurants, uh, he still definitely like helps all the restaurants very much. But, but um, I wanted to open a restaurant and I kind of got the team together um, and it happened in a really funny, super organic way. And Kate and I have been talking um, she had been looking for a space and her and I had been friends and uh, Kelsey was always around the farm kind of like mulling around and Saw had just driven up for the day um, to give us hot sauce and it just really happened. Saw was one of your chefs one of your Yeah from Tallulah's right? and we were all friends and, and so it just happened and I was like hey do you guys all want to open a restaurant with me? In the true organic style of <laughs> And everybody said sure. And, yeah. and, and honestly she said, like, she said can you find us a space? I said well, I know there's that hunger okay, will not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then honestly, like within a couple of weeks, you know what I mean? It was really, you know, I remember you tried to show me more than one place. I was not I You were was in and out that, of this not place. Not that nice about it. Yeah, I was like, I just said, want to see I'm one done. place. Thank you very much. I'm very right. busy. Um, and which is uh, a dream for a real estate yeah, guy. Like, yeah, you were hey, like, how about this? Place? I'm like, I'm years. so sorry, I'm gonna go pick up my kid. Yeah. But um uh but yeah, no, it was all very like it was you know we had a pretty clear vision on what it was going to be and and you know and josh was so sweet like because he didn't want to be in the restaurant industry like this anymore but he's been so supportive and like the stuff that he brings and the knowledge and all that stuff is is so incredible you burned out he just was ready for another thing but you know it was more like creatively there were other places that wanted for my and so for me of course, like it's, we've established businesses and built them and it's been, you know, good for us financially and all of those things, but it was never driven by that. It was always driven by, oh, this is a creative, like, let's do this. Like Zoe and I would talk about things, whether I was going to be the bit more of the central figure or she was, if it creatively kind of like hit us, we would do it, you know? And so like, we went to, if you see a space, we saw that building, I said, Zoe, you got to go. Yeah, we were like, we're not opening any more restaurants. And then he said, so come the in space, and we were like, oh. It, it prior on, on to the, the menu, menu or no, the, the menu prior to the menu? No, no, no. It all, no, no, no. It all depended, like, or the person, or you need a person. Catherine had, 
had fallen in love with wine and become this incredible sommelier, and, and she wanted a wine shop. So we got both that. Or Jeremy was such an important part of our group, and he wanted to have his restaurant that was named after his daughter. Jeremy was, Fox, we're you know, talking for, about. For so I think it all came. For me, I just felt like I had done, I had opened enough for me. I didn't feel it, like the creative need to do more of those. But then she did. And for the last several restaurants, she had supported me and like, hey, I want to grow and I want to expand. I want to build this to a certain place. And some of them she had been more heavily involved in, like Tallulah's, which was in her neighborhood. Her personal. No, so I mean, we have three small children. But so some, I raised our kids. Uh, you know our, what I mean? And our kids, yeah. But, yeah, then, I like the- but that could be very divisive for a couple. You've got three kids, you've got all these restaurants, you've got this business, you could have so much tension. But it seems to me the underlying key to the whole deal is you're kind to each other. Yeah. That's what Zoe pointed out before you sat down. And I've always known that about you because I've known this about these guys. They're kind people and they hire good people as a result of that. I think we also really- But that keeps you grounded. I think we also really trust each other. Like I, I trust. I, I like. It's always like, hey, I want to do this. I have a vision for this. I trust her. Well, we had said when we first got together, we were like, let's not say no to each other. Yeah. Because that's. Well, how did the vision for the Duchess come about? Was it Zoe's? Also, and I don't want to use the word concept because Zoe said you hate that word. No, it's, a hor- it's a horrible. Okay, word. we don't want to use that word concept, even though I'm a concept guy. Yeah. You know. It was a vision. Concepts are things that get replicated. And you don't want to replicate any one of your restaurants. It's very clear. So you have this vision to do what? Um, I think that for me, I wanted to make a place that felt like a baker space. I wanted to have a place that was this bakery in the morning. That was kind of this like thing that came from Kelsey and Kate's kind of hearts, and then this, this... Kelsey's pastry and Kate's bread? Yeah. And, um, and, and then at night, I wanted to have this, like, vision of, like, whatever saw... You know, mostly everybody's just cooking the food that they love. And I think that that's the food line. And we wanted a place where people feel comfortable and it slowly becomes Ojai's. And it's, like, you know, and it's, like, taken out of our hands. And, and... We just wanted a really joyful, happy, beautiful place. And I think uh, the most important thing for me for this place, it really came from growing food and realizing like, hey, like we're in a community that literally has some of the best farms, best farmers, best fishermen, best, you know, meat purveyors. Like there are people, you know, we're in LA, we were in LA. And so, yeah, you could go like 50 miles out, but here you could go a mile and a half and get like the dopest produce ever. And so like how rad to actually be able to cook from that. And I think that these people back there are so talented that they can pivot. So it's like one thing when like a person just has to have the same menu every single night and they can't pivot. Okay, sure, you're good at what you do, no disrespect. But like, if you really wanna be able to have a farmer be like, boom, I just have all this broccoli and it all is sprouting. I need you to use it all. Like, you know what I mean? Like that takes somebody who like really can pivot and really talented and be like, okay, let's make something with this. Or all these peppers, or how do we actually make, how are you actually a part of a town? You know what I mean? Like, sure, fine. We can have a bunch of people from the inn or a bunch of people, you know what I mean? Money come and we can feed them and we could probably have a fairly successful restaurant. But like, 
I don't want to do that. We've done that shit in LA. Like, I have no interest in that. What I have an interest in is making something that actually positively affects a neighborhood. You know what I mean? And like the people who live here are working here. The people who, you know, live here are able to come here and afford the food and eat the food and it supports their farmers or their neighbors. And like we're all a part of this closed loop system that we're actually all in it together. Like it doesn't work. It literally, if one of us opts out, it doesn't work. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, so, so it's super fun. Like this restaurant is nothing if the community doesn't come, you know what I mean? Like keeps coming up community. You're driven by community. Yeah. Like it's so fun to be a part of this cool thing. And I think that there's this vibe of, Oh God, these two people came from LA and they want to open this restaurant. And I think for me, the reason why I wanted to open a restaurant is I love it here and I'm really good at what I do. You know what I mean? He's really good at what I do. And it's kind of like when you're in a place and I'd like to offer my skill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, some people and bring are bringing in others plumbers. who also have and great yeah, skills. Yeah, like, hey, like, we're really good at what we do. Like, can we, be a, can we hang out with you guys? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be chairs for everybody. Like, we just want to hang out with everybody. So that's literally what the Duchess is. Duchess is just a place where everyone hang out because we want to hang out with you guys and we want to be friends with you guys. It's kind of the same reason, literally, why I ended up working at 13. It's like, I just wanted friends. Like, kind of open the duchess because we just how'd you come up with the name how'd you come up with the name duchess it's the oven that's it's the the original oven that's in so this place and kate can tell you because kate's the storyteller of all of us but um the this place was a bakery before it was azu and um the original oven is the duchess and it's in the day the building was built in 1923 26 something like that i mean that's something like that right yeah that's right before my time (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I can bring everybody out there. They are the Duchess. You know what I mean? This It's this crazy four-headed monster of everybody. But before the restaurant opened, I remember people saying, oh, they're just going to open up a Burmese restaurant. And I kept saying to them, well, that's a that's a slant, but that's not what this restaurant's all about. But you do have a chef in Saw yeah. who is originally from Burma, yeah. Myanmar. Yeah. I think, right? I think to roots. me, the food that he makes and to come and eat his food is the story of his life. You know what I mean? Like he, yes, he grew up there, you know, and then at 19, he came here and he worked in some of the best restaurants, all different kinds of food. And so when you get a plate of his food, you get his whole story. You get sitting, you know, at his house with his grandma, you know what I mean? And what she made and you get him sitting, him working his ass off at a fine dining restaurant, like, like this, like you get that story. And then you get all these people who have all been a part of it. And I never had a chickpea fritter before. I can tell no, you that. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, it's so thoughtful and refined and beautiful and rustic and all the things it's his entire story. And so to like whittle it down to like, okay, it's for me. or it's this, like to me, this is just, it's a restaurant that's that saw's story in the night. You know what I mean? And I like to think during the day it's Kate and Kelsey's story and you know, and, and the desserts at night are Kelsey's story and and I hope that um, you know, like like this guy just came and delivered these three boards that he made for us for our tea cakes. And he wrote up and he and he said, Oh hey, here I made these for you, you know what I mean? Because we asked him to and and he was like 
So just so you know, this wood is from this restaurant that was around that my grandpa went and bought all the wood in 1973 or something. We just found all this cherry wood and we made these things for you. And I believe that the Duchess is all these stories and it's so fun. And I, I'm not a storyteller. I have to be married to a storyteller. And so I get a kick out of all of this and being around it. And it's like, but Kate's a storyteller and Kelsey's a storyteller and Saw's a storyteller. And I guess maybe possibly I am in my own way. But like, it's, it's so, that's what the Duchess is. And our hope is that it becomes, there's all these stories being written in here. Well, we're going to hear a few more stories because we're going to talk to Kelsey and Kate and saw right after this break. Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, The Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnametom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show. from break and we're now with the real cogs i would say of this duchess wheel we're with kate kelsey and saw now 
saw I think of is the chef in the kitchen primarily. It's your menu primarily that drives the restaurant at night. Yes. Kelsey pastries. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, pastry chef, dessert. Okay. <laughs> and Kate, who I've known for some for time while. now, is the bread lady. I'm a bread lady. Okay. Bread now, the bread lady. <laughs> Kate, yes. talk about Kate's bread and how that started. Oh, goodness. Well, it started probably 10 years ago. Big shift in my life. Um, so I started making bread out of a garage. And where was that garage? At my parents' place. Okay. <laughs> my up parents the place. street in Ohio. I moved it up the street in Ohio. It's here in Ohio. You're born I, and I raised moved, in Ohio. Yes, about 32 years I've been living here. Um, and I have a daughter, and we ended up after a breakup moving back in with my parents, and I opened up a, a bread shop, a bread business, bakery. And um, it took off, it did really well. And so I just became the because bread lady. Because it's the real now. deal. Maybe, or it was crazy, I don't know, but something works. It was solid artisanal <laughs> bread and it people was, would was, drive yeah. from LA on the weekend, yeah. on Sunday primarily, yeah. right? Yeah, Sundays, um, pretty much I bake three days a week. Um, sometimes I take it down to Ventura to Patagonia and sell it. And, um, other times I take it to a, a small shop restaurant here in town. The farmer and the cook, um, and then I'd have Sunday bake, and the Sunday bake became very popular, um, and we started running sourdough pizzas every Sunday as well, so people were coming from everywhere. So it was a sort of a fun, very weird and bizarre event that was happening. And then you wanted to really get out of the house and get into your well, own I think deal, it was right? A very, it was limited to how much I could possibly like do there, especially because it was a cottage food business. And so because of that, um, the idea of um, doing something different and moving out and getting a brick and mortar was, was always the plan. Um, and then it just so happened that running into Zoe, um, who you would work with at Huckleberry, not Huckleberry, but at Milo and Olive. Oh, Milo and, and, and I had just gone down there, kind of apprenticing, doing an internship down there um, about 10 years ago or something like that, um, where I kind of learned how to work in a kitchen a bit before I opened up Kate's Bread, before I did my thing. Um, and yeah, so we knew each other. And when they moved to town a couple of years ago, we reconnected. And then all of a sudden, about a year ago, which actually I think it was about a year ago, almost it was in February when we all she said I have an idea. And so we were like, well, but you all it? did not know each other no. at all, right? The, the Duchess brought you together. Yes, yeah, Saw and I kind of well, knew each other yeah. in passing because we worked for the Rustic Canyon Group. Um, he was executive chef at Tulula's, and um, I was working at Milo and Olive as the director of bakery operations there. Um, so we kind so of whenever I would but... stuff my face at my own olive, yeah. not just on pizza, <laughs> but pastry. Yeah. My wife would say, "You can't do that." It was yeah. you. Yeah. You're the culprit. Yeah. And of course, Tallulah. I mean, essentially, what were you doing before Tallulah? Before you were cooking at Tallulah, which is a Mexican-oriented restaurant. Yeah. Before Tallulahs, I was. Um... <laughs> Exactly, sous chef at Isabel restaurant back in West Hollywood. A lot of meat driven, like charcuterie programs and French style, Italian style. So is that your background, primarily charcuterie? Yeah, butchering? I, I butchering and all that. So that I've done a lot of this stuff. And then I stage and I work at a couple of butcher shops. And even so, you know that and a lot of pasta fresh made pasta like eight or nine items of pasta on the main big menus and then you can literally have the meat room have the different menu of all the meats and like chefs shuffle board platters and they're kind of like labor intense kind of stuff like that i've done for years as well before i joined Toulouse. 
When you came to West Hollywood, had you lived in Myanmar? No. That, that How did you emigrate before. to the United States? Oh, yeah. I came here in 2007. Back in 2007, I was 21 years old and uh, trying to get into college that time. And didn't have any plans to cook. I was, came here just to study music and do, do music. Oh. This, but uh, that that plan didn't happen. Nothing related to the restaurant business? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I do have like a background with my grandma, you know, and dad cooking and stuff like that. But again, I didn't have any plans for cooking to professional. Are these recipes dishes. that are, and, and by the way, the, the Duchess is really only open for dinner. And the daytime is meant to be coffee and pastry at the moment. We're rolling the bakery out slowly into breakfast and lunch time stuff. So we decided to take it a little bit more um, organically. And so we've started with pastries and we've started with coffees. Um, and that sort of program, and then we're going to slowly expand it to kind of a full daytime experience, which will be breakfast and lunch, and then obviously moving into the evening time, which is full, fine dining, beautiful Burmese food. So, yeah. And actually, we'll get into this in a little bit more after this break. So we're going to break and come back with Zoe Nathan at the Duchess. Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. everybody, this is Ann Hitch. Hey everybody, I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Drejo. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Scott Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. 
I'm live with Zoe Nathan, the wonderful Zoe Nathan, who's got wonderful restaurants, and specifically, we're here at the Duchess in Ojai. Do you use any recipes that you had in the family from your grandmother, or yes. are these coming from your mind? That uh, coming from both sides. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, my grandma never written down the recipe. You know, but all intuitive cook. Yeah, exactly. Like like on on the menu, we have sometimes gizzards, chicken gizzards. I still have a chicken hearts. You know, all these kind of parts that not, not my favorite don't, dish. We don't probably my mother's <laughs> gizzards. No, people don't really eat that kind of stuff. So I grew right. up eating this this tandoori chicken. You know, all this ground masala, house made masala, this potatoes, samosas, and all this kind of things that my grandma would always cook. And um, I had growing up eating all this. Did you observe her? Is that how you yes. got this, the yes, talent? I did. I did absorb her, but I never even helped her for once. But <laughs> once I came here, I was so poor and I had to cook. So once I started cooking French, I started learning French. I went to school, culinary school as well. I graduated from La Corbeuse. And then I worked at You were in Cordon Bleu in, yes, in Paris? Uh, no, in Pasadena. In Pasadena? Yeah, wow. I did two and a half years there. Meanwhile, I was working at Patina, Cafe Pino, and uh, you Top know, LA restaurants. Yes, and um, I went to go start a French laundry from there to uh, I got into a Bouchon, worked for Thomas Bell for four years. So, but meanwhile, even though I was cooking French food, and I always knew this is the food I wanted to do. The Burmese angle. Yes. Got yeah. it. Even at this menu, it's not all about traditional, typical Burmese because my grandma was an Indian. So I grew up eating a lot of Indian food. Like this biryani dish on the menu is kind of things that I ate as a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I still do. Believe me. I still I, do. So, it's fun to listen yes. to Saw and hear his stories because so much of what he's cooking, I think, is it. A culmination of, of himself and his life and where he's come from so it's not one specific thing right. um, so his stories about his grandmother and his his what he's done and then he, he brings it together into this beautiful arrangement um, of a lot of stories and a lot of his history and sort of it's a culmination of him I think as a person and his story more than anything which is really beautiful do you have a favorite dish your favorite dish on the menu right yes now. your favorite <laughs> There you are. There on. And why is it? It's just one thing that uh, I cook every day, mostly in here. I still haven't passed it's on. It's lamb and yet. pastry. Yes, lamb. And, and so the idea is like traditionally in India, i never been in India, but here in the Burma, also, so this biryani dish is done on it's the like a coal. pot pie. Yeah, on the coal. And then oh. so they, we just, we seal. The, uh, the lid, the you know, the top of the lid with the uh, the dough, so that way the steam doesn't comes out, the steam doesn't come out, and then so that way when the biryani is done, and then you just take the lids off of all the aromatic, all different kind of spices, cinnamon, cloves. It's very aromatic. Aromatic, you know, cardamom to pop. So that my idea is, I don't want that spices, you know, disappear when we serve it. So trying to think of how do I. Do that. This was the first very idea when we started doing this. I was telling them, like, and I, I wanted to serve with the puff pastry. Background ideas turn into so that way, put on the table. That's when the guests 
get the experience of this aromatic new face like that. And it also has a really beautiful, I think, combination of how to to bring this idea of the Burmese restaurant with the bakery that we're doing. And I think there was how do we somehow bring everything together. And blend it together. And blend it because it's a bizarre idea to really begin with. But I think that was the one of one dish that really was saying, hey, look, this can be done. It's a stew. It's it complements each, complement each other yeah. really well. Yeah. And it does. And it's really kind of a, a, a beautiful dish because of, I think, the fact that it's just sort of all of us sort of like. What's your favorite, together. Kelsey? Your favorite Biryani. What's your favorite pastry? <laughs> oh, my favorite pastry? Um, I can tell you my favorite pastry you make. My favorite pastry... <laughs> muffin? No. Um, <laughs> is that the one? No, okay. <laughs> I can tell you. Um, I really like the passion chiffon cake. Yeah. Right now, that's really fun and seasonal. Um, yeah, that's going. I don't know. I like your coconut. Um, it's like a s'more. Um, oh. At least, uh, Brittany, your wife, who is... The, oh, it's the, the dessert. Yes, on the oh, dessert. Oh, it's like the yes. Brittany is Saw's <laughs> wife who does the uh, bar. No. She's the bar's man. She's she's the steward, right? She's running everything. She's, she, she runs the, the beverage man, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. She told me to get that dish, which is the s'more. Is, t- yeah, what is, is it, it called? It's is like it the chocolate tart? Yes. With the coconut meringue. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. That was, That's a killer. Oh yeah. Oh, s'more. I didn't think s'more. I was but she told me it's like a s'more. <laughs> yeah. And, and we had it. And we kind of went. She's yeah, right. It is. Chocolate, the crust. You know. <laughs> what is your favorite bakery item? Oh, I don't know. What's the, the what's, I do love. What is the, the most bread, favorite though. bread you make? Because you well, are the I do bread love lady. my sourdoughs. I just I love the process of making sourdough. So after I mean I get a little obsessive about it. I, I love that process and, and the length of it and and that living starter that I'm working with all the time. And so when I bake off a sourdough, and now especially in an oven that has steam, which I've never had, I've been a real scrappy so baker a for a long for time. Right. <laughs> so this is a luxury, and so baking off a steam and that bread just comes out and it's beautiful. And it's just I like blistered. your Parmesan. Oh, the basil, garlic parm. Garlic. Yes, it's a pretty good one. Wow. Yeah, that's a bit of a messy loaf. It's quite delicious. And yeah, your sticky so. bun. Oh yes, a sticky bun. Oh, I, I, the, morning, the morning, the morning, bun. the morning bun. bun. Yeah, the morning bun's You got to get a morning bun at the Dutch. Love a morning bun. Yeah. Let's yeah. like let's take a look at the product, but you guys got to go back to work. So yes. I'm going to walk around the restaurant. And just take it from there. Sometimes it takes a little time away to find your place, find your way, find your way. I lie here. I can taste the bittersweet of what I've made I'm praying for some better days And all the feelings I've locked up inside my soul Well, they'll never know Taking this lightly That's why I said I need space 
Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show, Tell Me Your Story, every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a good man. This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.